Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day, lo. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Lucky Land Casino. Asking people, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? Lucky? In line at the deli, I guess? Aha, in my dentist's office. More than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. If you lost Survivor and you're feeling down, David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. Welcome to this week's edition of Why Blank Lost. I'm your host, David Bloomberg, and I have just one thing to say to my co-host, Jessica Lewis. Happy birthday (gasps) to you. Happy birthday to you. Happy birthday, dear Jessica. Happy birthday to you. Yay! All you sang to me. <laughs> Thank you. And everyone else just turned off the Oh, podcast. no, they didn't. That's the best <laughs> intro ever. Oh, thank you, Bloomberg. I didn't know if you were actually going to do it for me. Because like, you sang to me before, and you were like, and you sang last week, and there was a little hesitation, but yeah, so, that was incredibly I, sweet. Thank you so I, much. Yes, uh, for anyone uh, listening who didn't see this on Twitter already, we are recording on the big four O. I know that big four O day. Yeah. But that's all right. I, I don't feel I don't even know what 40 is supposed to feel like. I so I guess it's all good. That's right. <laughs> I certainly that's can't right. complain about anything. But yes, yeah, so today is that is that big day for me. So I just I, I just want to, you know, mention that of all the things you could be doing on your birthday. You are recording this podcast with me for all of our listeners. Right. See how dedicated I am to this podcast and to you and to Survivor? That's right. No, everybody. I really (laughs) care about this. So, yeah, I'm definitely it was it was a it was a fine decision to make considering I had my birthday party yesterday. It was incredible. My husband did a wonderful job, had lots of fun people here and it was it was a good time. It was very nice. I, I enjoyed it immensely. And here we are today. Today's a big day. And I'm celebrating by doing the podcast. That's right. That's right. All right. So I, uh, I want to say hello to uh, new listeners and let them know that I won't be singing anymore. So no, it is, I love the singing. Safe, no, no, actually, listening. I'm going to say I love the rapping more. Well, OK. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, I didn't know if I could do a rapping happy birthday. So oh, that would have been impressive. You should try it. <laughs> I suggest it. <laughs> Uh, we'll have to wait until you're 50, you know, and then we'll. Ooh, uh... wow. <laughs> I guess you're ready for the long haul then, both for That's Survivor right. and with me. So That's right. That's good right. time. So, uh, so it, you know, if, if there won't be any more singing today, then what, what will be, we be doing? And, and that is 
the usual thing, but like I said, this is uh, also for new listeners. We'll be going through a set of rules that I originally put together after the first season of Survivor. See, I'm already in this for the long haul. Mm. And uh, uh, when so, so that means that, you know, when I first wrote this set of rules, some of this season's players were like three years old. Yeah. Um, uh, some of them were even younger than that, I think, uh, however old Keith is. So, um, but uh, I've been updating those rules ever since. And you can now find the latest version of those rules at robhasawebsite.com slash survivor 38 rules. Uh, minor note. If you care about the results of any uh, previous international seasons, there are a couple mentions of those. I think we're out past the spoiler date on those, but just in case you haven't seen them yet and you still plan to. We always get in Um, trouble for spoilers. Yeah, yeah. And we never actually spoil anything. I know. It's all out there already. (laughs) I'm sorry if you're behind, but sometimes that happens. So, uh, so, uh, also... I want to, before getting into the uh, main meat of the podcast here, clarify for anyone who didn't listen to the preview podcast that even though the name of this podcast is Why Blank Lost, we know that people aren't technically losing until their stay on Extinction Island or whatever it's called is over. Mm -hmm. But, you know, we're not changing the name of the podcast to Why Blank Got Voted Out, but might come back at some point or might quit. That's that's that a little be, long and awkward. That'd be very lengthy. Yeah. Especially for so, a hashtag. Yeah. Yeah. So as far as we're concerned, when you get voted out, you lose. You lose the game of Survivor when you get voted out. You might come back. You might get to play again, but you still lost the vote. Exactly. Yes. So this could be why blank lost the vote. <laughs> nah, it's just why blank lost. <laughs> but speaking of losing the vote... Uh, when I made my prediction for who would be first out, I knew, I knew deep down, it was stupid to bet against Joe and Aubrey's tribe. And I did it anyway. Mm. And uh, Ron. Me too. Me too. Yeah. I know. <laughs> but, you yeah. know, they expect it with me. They're like, Jessica's always wrong. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. you know, Ron, who apparently didn't listen to our preview podcast, told me on Twitter that he couldn't believe I would bet against Kama. And uh, little did he know who my prediction actually was. He uh, was just yeah. saying, it. I was like, well, actually, actually <laughs> Ron, it was you. Um, but <laughs> Yeah, sorry about that. But it, yeah. that wasn't my choice. But uh, yeah, I do right. think that we were both incredibly wrong on our predictions on that yeah. one. Yeah. So Ron not only survived, but he gave me a Twitter press conference. That's amazing. That's truly so, amazing. Yeah. So after we saw him uh, grabbing the secret advantage, he told me on Twitter, it took me 15 minutes to dig up that advantage. That's why my butt passed out afterward. It was one of the greatest moments of my life, but I had to get back because Ms. Aubrey Bracco misses nothing. Mm, yes, that is a good point. And uh, it is interesting, too. I love that little snippet when he says he's going to go get some more water. And she's like, yeah, you should do that. And in, and when you see something like that happening, you know that Aubrey's like, yeah, he's not just getting water. Well, you know? OK, now, hold on. There was this follow up tweet to me. He said, I honestly waited like five hours before I snuck off. I didn't even know where tree mail was. I was throwing up from a spider bite. I'm allergic. And they thought I was gathering myself. So that explains why Aubrey was so easygoing with him when he said he was going to get water, because she 
knew he needed to rehydrate himself from throwing up. Yeah, these are all the things we don't get to see, and it's great right. to find out afterwards. Right. Uh, so that's why I'm happy for the uh, the Twitter press conference there. Mm-hmm. And uh, he also tweeted uh, separately that when he found the advantage, everyone else had left the boat except for Kelly, Dave, and himself. Yes, I saw that. We're looking for it. And uh, he said they were useless for getting stuff for their tribes, but he wasn't leaving the boat until he found it. So you know, two returning players and Ron. Yes. And I, when I was watching the episode play out and people started jumping off the boat, like almost immediately, I'm like, what are they doing? <laughs> like stay on the boat. <laughs> like that to me, it's, it's great move for Ron. And obviously the returning players did the same thing. At least two of them that, you know, this is, that's an opportunity. And that was a missed opportunity for so many. And it was one that Ron didn't miss. So, Kudos to him for thinking that through. Didn't didn't someone on your season find a secret advantage Mm. uh, right off the bat? Yeah, right on the first day. That might have been me. That was what a fantastic moment to have, but also what a scary moment at the same time, because obviously you hope nobody saw you. And and this is the, the component of being a returning player versus a new player is when you find something like that and you tuck it in the back of your shirt, you have no idea what the next part of anything is going to be because you you want to be able to read it. You want to be able to see what it is, but obviously you need to get away from your tribe to do so. And you're just hoping nobody noticed and you don't want to, you don't want to cause any, um, any undue attention to yourself. So it's a very, it's, it's a very uh, difficult thing to experience because you're so excited but you have to hide that and you have to wait. So it's 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 a hard thing to process and go through when you're out there because you're still learning and you're still figuring everybody out. But it's incredible at the same time. And unfortunately, I didn't get an advantage like he got. No, you didn't. Man, <laughs> what an incredible advantage this guy found. I mean, mine was awesome if I'd still been there on day 36. But I love his. I mean, wow, what an incredible like menu to have when you're out on Survivor. Yeah, although um, it does, it almost seems like it is a menu for disaster. Like survivor producers are like, well, let's see if we can get someone to make the wrong choice. Yeah, that's true. And you have to use it. Was it within the first three? three yeah, three tribal councils. Yeah. So it, you're limited, which is which is not so much fun. But at least you can use it early on. Mine, I was very limited because I had to wait until mm-hmm. day thirty six. That was adjusted to the next time they had a legacy advantage they gave you two opportunities to use it now you have to use it even sooner but you have a choice and i i think that this could definitely play into what's going to happen up and coming not just because he has to use it within the first three but we talked about ron and the way that he wants to play this game when we did our first podcast for the season and i think that if anyone is going to try to use that in it in an explosive kind of fashion i think it could be ron yeah i don't first comma has to go to a uh a, a tribal council i and that's true too that is true so so um so yeah it was i mean obviously it was a good first episode for ron and i enjoyed watching him uh you know i i didn't know that much. i mean i knew about him beforehand but i didn't know he would be this much fun to watch and yes. You know, another player who had a good first episode was this guy named David. You might be familiar with him. I loved his episode. Yes. <laughs> and this is what I loved about it so much is that he played such a quiet, present game. He was he was clearly involved. He was clearly talking to people. 
but he wasn't over the top. He wasn't trying to take over. He was listening so well. You could clearly see him listening and paying attention. And he did the same thing in tribal council. It was it was a great thing to see him do because it was a much different David than we saw and that I experienced in Millennials versus Gen X, who was he was kind of all over the place and too much was happening for him in the first few days, whereas he's really learned and he's definitely kind of stepping back and kind of letting people come to him. And it's really, it's looking good for David. It's definitely well, looking good for David. I know because what did we say in our preview podcast? Yeah. If that, he gets that, past it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Yeah. If they don't target him right away, they're in trouble and he's in a good spot. Yes. And it seems like Kelly is the returning player on that tribe. Who's drawing any fire. Not yeah. him. I know, and I'm so excited for him because like he really will do exceptionally well if they allow him to stick around, and they did, and they're clearly, relationships are being formed, and yeah, no one's talking about David, they're all talking about Kelly, at least that's what we're seeing, but right. yes, it definitely seems like Kelly's in the hot seat. Yeah. Now, it wasn't all, you know, sunshine and roses for the returning players. We mentioned Kelly being in the hot seat, but, you know, as uh, Jeff Probst was introducing the four of them at the beginning... He just kept talking about what they had done in their in their previous time right. and just heaping praise on them. And I was just saying that they all had to be sitting there thinking, oh, my God, man, shut up. Yeah, like stop talking, you know, <laughs> you know because like we thought that some of them could hide a little bit because the new players maybe wouldn't remember everything. Because mm-hmm. although Aubrey made it very far in in her second season, she wasn't really driving the action. Right. And so she wasn't as big a personality. So she didn't have that, you know, that that same look to her as she did coming off her first season where people were like, ah, she should have won. And the same, you know, same with David. I mean, maybe people would have remembered him from his early time in the season instead of his later time in the season. Yeah, he he shined a big old light on all of them at that moment. Yeah, definitely did. So that was I, I feel like if I was one of those people standing there. And I wish I had been one of those people standing there. <laughs> I do think that as much as it's incredible to hear Jeff say wonderful things about you and give you compliments like that, in that moment, you just want to crawl into a hole and die and just ask Jeff, please stop talking because you don't need any extra attention. You're already a returning player. People already know you. And then he's going to start ticking off their resume and all of the wonderful things that they did and the reasons why they're standing there. That would be a bad moment i think for any returning player in that set of circumstances in that situation oh yeah yeah i agree obviously and uh so yeah but what can you do all you can do is stand there and smile uh okay and gonna stop talking and try to downplay Um, like no no really it's it wasn't it wasn't like that (laughs) i struggled a lot it was i did bad yeah i I don't know anything you could try to do to self-deprecate your situation all right, so we've uh, we've had a lot to say about uh, several of the players here, so I think it's time to move on to the person actually named in this podcast. And, uh, you know, while I didn't predict Reem would go first, we already talked about that, it's, it's kind of funny because the fantasy draft that I'm in with some poker players essentially did. We each drafted four players, and each player could be drafted twice. Mm-hmm. So that, in an 18-player season, that leaves four slots undrafted at the end. Those four slots were Reem, Reem, Wendy, and Wendy. Really? Yes. So I'd say our draft group picked it pretty well, considering what we saw in the first episode. I think y'all did. Now, she was my my backup on that tribe. It was between she and Keith. 
Mm-hmm. So those were the two that I was that I was concerned with. And unfortunately, I didn't pick either of them. As I yeah. said, I'm very bad at predictions, but we did have concerns for her. We did have serious concerns about. She potentially could put herself in a bad spot with her mouth, which was what mm-hmm. she was more concerned with going into this game. And that was that was her her number one concern was her mouth is going to get her in trouble. And I think we saw that. Well, well, don't don't jump I know. ahead. Don't I jump won't ahead. jump ahead, but I'm just so we I mean, had people concerns. might not know that her mouth got her in trouble. I you know, know they're, they're I waiting know. for the appropriate rule for that. Oh, that's true. But we did voice our <laughs> concerns when we talked about her previously. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I always say the reasons for someone's loss are never as obvious as you think, and you might think this this situation tests that idea, but then you read Jeff Probst's Entertainment Weekly interview where he says it's because she took on the mom role. And no, Jeff, you're wrong. And I know you're the host. I know you're the executive producer. You're still wrong. And everybody who said, oh, it's because she was the mom. No, you're all wrong. (laughs) And that is not the reason Reem was voted out. And it wasn't just because she's older either. And to be clear, when I talk about Reem being older, she's younger than I am. Okay? So I'm, I'm just saying it in survivor terms or in comparison to her other tribe mates. Right. So, right. yeah, but no, those were not the reason. And yeah. unfortunately survivors, the ages in survivor, they have such a significant effect on people's perception. And once you unfortunately hit a certain number, I won't mention that number. <laughs> 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 Then suddenly you you become in that older that older category, unfortunately. Right. right. So, uh, my friend and former Reality News Online assistant editor Mike DeGeorge had some extra time on his hands this week, and he put together a summary for me of why people got voted out first for each Survivor season. So I guess this is uh, something similar to what Victoria did. You know, um, mm-hmm. we had talked about that. In broad groupings, uh, he found that 15 of the 37 previous first boots schemed too much, 11 were sick or weak, 9 were too bossy, weird, or annoying, and the other couple had other reasons. So, (laughs) you know, the questions we have to answer, where does Reem fit into all of this? Let's get into the rules so we can figure out why Reem lost. And we will start, of course, with the first and most important rule to scheme and plot. And I I think that Reem tried to do some of this, but she wasn't terribly successful because she didn't put herself into the proper position. And we'll discuss the whys and wherefores of, you know, that later. But we saw that she separated herself from the majority, which is never a good thing, especially for the first vote. Mm hmm. As Rob said on Know-It-Alls, you have to make the most relationships you can, and it didn't seem like Reem did that. And I know it's hard to judge based on what we saw in a short premiere, though even from that, I gathered that the swim lesson was not the first time the threesome went off apart from the rest of the tribe. Yeah. Josh's, you know, Josh's Hollywood report summary of the first few days when he was still in Fiji adds to that as he quotes Rick in noting that while the tribe started out as a big group, they broke up into mini groups. Josh connected that to Reem, Wendy, and Keith going off on their own. Mm-hmm. 
I do think that it's kind of a natural process when you're out there that certain people will gravitate towards certain jobs because of the first few days you're obviously setting up camp and you're trying to get yourself organized. So there, there can be divisions, but what you need to do is kind of find your way into each of those divisions at some point, because if it becomes so apparent and so obvious that there's this threesome over here that seems to be doing everything together, you are definitely isolating yourself and you're making it very easy for that larger majority to just look at those three and go, well, and that's exactly what Rick did when he was out there. He pointed it out to everyone mm-hmm. about those three and how separate they were and how they were. I mean, he basically ousted them, you know, it, it, to the entire group. Like, well, I guess it's going to be one of those three, basically, because they were so separate from the group, which is certainly a problem within the first few days. Oh, yeah. You know, and we already talked about it. Reem came into the game knowing she was, quote unquote, older by survivor standards. And she said in multiple interviews what you've already said. She was afraid her mouth could get her into trouble. Mm-hmm. And, you know, we'll discuss what effect that might have had in the fifth rule. But for now, let's just take it as given that she knew she had a bit of an uphill climb. With that in mind, as a player, she needed to do something to avoid getting targeted for those reasons. Mm-hmm. And one way to handle it is exactly what you said. Work around camp in different areas. Try to make friends in different groups. But, mm-hmm. uh, you know, and, and the best way is don't split off into a subgroup of three. Yeah. Well, we see that a lot. I think there are players that come into this game that know exactly what their like Achilles heel is going to be. And they are very aware of themselves. But for whatever reason, they can't turn that off when they get on the island and they they can't make that adjustment. And unfortunately, you have to. And I know Reem was very. She was very strong in herself and wanted to play this game the way that she was. And she was, she had a lot of thoughts about herself. Like she, she's an upfront person. She's not good at sugarcoating. And she was very aware of these things. But if you are so aware of those things, you also need to be aware that sometimes those things are what can negatively affect you when you start playing this game. You have to kind of put those things aside, put those things away and read the room and learn about the people who you're there with, because those are the things that can rub people the wrong way. And they're the, those are the things that can get you voted out. Right. And you know, more importantly for this rule is do something to counteract it. Yes. You mm-hmm. know, not, I mean, you know, find somewhere else that she can shift the target much the way Rick did when he called out the threesome, like you mentioned. Yeah. And the unfortunate part for her, too, is she took that group that she thought she was going to have a closeness with when she was dealing with Keith and Wendy and then was the first one to be very vocal about who needed to be voted out. And again, this is early in the game and you're you're better kind of testing the waters and finding out what other people are thinking as opposed to saying this is what should happen because we saw what Keith did with that information. Step into the world of power, loyalty, and luck. I'm going to make him an offer he can't refuse. With family, cannolis, and spins mean everything. Now, you want to get mixed up in the family business. Introducing The Godfather at ChompaCasino.com. Test your luck in the shadowy world of The Godfather slot. Someday, I will call upon you to do a service for me. Play The Godfather now at ChompaCasino.com. Welcome to the family. No purchase necessary. VGW Group. Voidware prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. 
Yeah, exactly. And that actually takes us right into the second rule, which covers how players need to avoid scheming and plotting too much because, you know, Rob mentioned on know-it-alls the same thing. You should not be the one throwing names around first, Mm -hmm. especially when you don't know that you have a majority. You know, it's ask, ask around the way Rick did it. He didn't tell everyone we need to vote out Reem. He casually commented on how those three people in the water were an alliance. Now, Mm -hmm. I just watched uh, the first season of The Umbrella Academy on Netflix. And one of the characters there, it is a a superhero-ish show. Uh, One of the characters has a power where she says to someone, I heard a rumor. And then whatever she tells that person, that person like acts on it, like she controls their actions. Ooh, and, that would be amazing on Survivor. Well, I think Rick did something like that. He's he like, well, I, I heard a rumor that those three are in an alliance. And next thing you know, everyone is acting like those three have an alliance and they're, they're going to get rid of them. You know, yeah, you was, know, Rick had a good episode. That's right. Rick, Rick, uh, Rick has a superpower. <laughs> Rick's my winner pick. I Just know. A reminder. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, Rick. <laughs> <laughs> so. No, I think that that's the way that you have to play this game is you you have to almost plant a seed without telling people what to do, because everyone wants to kind of have this idea that they came up with it and uh, and that they, they were part of a decision, if you will. No one wants to be told what to do. And I think that's exactly what we saw Reem do is that she told Keith what to do. And Keith in that moment realized there's only three of us standing here and this is not the majority at all. And he took the information and obviously used it to his advantage because he had enough, I guess, forethought to realize that this is this is going to be a problem. And I don't want to be part of this this three. I want to mm-hmm. I want to be part of the group. And so he realized they didn't have the majority. And Reem was very firm in her stance about who she thought needed to be voted out without thinking that through that even if three of us vote this way, it's not going to matter if everybody votes some way different. Right. Exactly. So, um, so let's move to the third rule, which talks about being flexible. So how do you think Reem did uh, being flexible? I'm going to say she didn't do very well being flexible. (laughs) (laughs) What? What? I know. Yeah. No, I definitely. Yeah. I mean, it's it's hard because I really do appreciate Reem's personality. And I think she'd probably be a great person to hang out with and and she would be fun. But it's it's one of those situations where in Survivor. Even though you might not jive with certain people, you still have to try to get to know those people and you still have to ingratiate yourself to those people. And she really did a bad job of doing that, as we saw in the episode, and kind of cutting herself off from the group. And in doing so, she's cut Wendy off from the group. I mean, and Wendy made decisions, too, obviously, but you've really kind of put yourself into a corner when that's the approach that you take. Yeah. Um, yeah. Reem was not the epitome of flexibility. Uh, you, you know, she uh, she knew where to put your clothes to dry, whether you wanted them there or not. Oh, are and, we going to talk uh, about the clothes now? I wasn't sure. sure. I mean, <laughs> that, well, that's that's part of it, you know. And, you know, Jeff Probst noted in his interview with Entertainment Weekly that Reem wasn't very flexible in tribal council because she was unwilling to admit that she did anything wrong or apologize. And she just kept saying she was who she was. And yeah, you know, while I, I don't think it mattered how she acted in tribal council because her fate was sealed by then. It's indicative of how she acted before then, going all the way back to her interviews before the game when she said similar things to I am who I am. Right. That's the opposite of flexibility. Yeah. And if and 
as far as the clothes is concerned, the that's another one of those things when you're out there on the island that you you have it's it's tough. You go into that game, you have very little personal effects when you're out there. You have the clothes on your back, you have a bag that they gave you and a you know, a pair of sneakers. You don't have very much and your clothes become so significant and important to you and where your bag is and where your things are, because that's all you have. And you also have this paranoia that people are going to potentially be going through your things. And so if anyone is touching anything of yours, you immediately think, why are they touching my stuff? Like, And, and if it's, I know that they're time, oh, I'm just going to put this over here. And, you know, sometimes you hang up clothes for people, but to just do it without asking anyone if they wanted her to, I think could make everybody feel uncomfortable for a lot of reasons, not just because that's my stuff and she's moving my stuff, but also she's then having access to my stuff. And we don't know where, where Ron stored his, his information and his paperwork that he had from his incredible menu that he received. And that's part of what he has. That's part of his possessions. And so you just end up showing yourself as this willingness to, I don't know, like, to not respect boundaries, to not understand that those that's my clothes. And I, I, I hung it in a tree because personally, I think it's going to dry better in a tree than on the sand. But yeah, it's it's just it's one more thing to not do when you're out there. If you want to do that with your own clothes, fine. If someone if you want to help someone and offer fine, but to just take it upon yourself and do it, you are, again are shining a, an unnecessary light on yourself. Yeah. And let's let's uh, go ahead and skip to rule five, because I, I think that's where a lot of this comes to light, because the fifth rule discusses how players have to pretend to be nice and play the social game. And, and obviously, that's where most of our discussion lies for Reem. And you've already gone over, you know, a lot of it. And it, so, yeah, when when you're you're trying to come across as a good partner, a good, you know, fellow player. Messing with other people's stuff without asking is just not a good way. Yes. And now, you know, some viewers, including Jeff Probst, as I mentioned earlier, labeled her as being too motherly because of this. But that's I don't see it that way. I don't see it as motherly. I see it as controlling. Yeah. And it reminded me more of my first college roommate, who was a neat freak in addition to being a freak in other ways. Um, <laughs> and. Uh, wow. And, there's yeah. a story there. I think oh, I'm going to need to. I'm going to need yeah. to hear that one offline. Offline. I'm okay. No pretty recording sure he's not of that. listening, but still, <laughs> yeah. Uh, but uh, he decided that my half of the dorm room was not organized to his liking. Now, oh, mind no. you, I am not a neat freak. No one would ever claim that. But I know where my stuff is. And one day when I was at class, he moved all my stuff around. Oh, my word. To be quote unquote more organized, and I about blew up mm -hmm. because you know yeah maybe it looked less organized to him but i knew where my stuff was right mm -hmm. and now i had no idea what was where yeah you you just don't mess with other people's stuff mm -hmm. you really don't and it's it's one of those things that when you're out there even if it's something that you would prefer again you have to set that aside you have to show that you're thinking about other people in every decision that you're making because they want to know that like this is a team and and we're going to make decisions together and you want to appear as if you're making decisions to help other people and to benefit other people as opposed to making them question what what are you doing why are you doing that that doesn't even make sense i didn't ask you to and nobody wanted their clothes moved 
mean, it was very clear the amount of people that mentioned their right. clothes being put in a different location. And it just and it wasn't even something that made sense. It's, it didn't make any sense to put everybody's clothes on the beach. <laughs> it's yeah, like I and, just don't get it. I mean, you know, the people would get upset. I was upset at my roommate. But what Reem was upset about was that nobody told her that they were upset. Yeah. And, and that nobody the, told her they didn't want their clothes moved. Right. That was the but, other thing too. but the thing is, I would have done what they did. Sure. When my roommate did it, I let him know and know in certain terms. No, you don't touch my friggin stuff. Mm -hmm. But as much as Survivor is proclaimed to be a social experiment, it's primarily a game show and you want to win. And if I were winning, I mean, if I were playing, well, if I were playing, I would obviously win. Oh, yeah, but, of course you would win. Yes, of course. Um, if I were playing and saw an easy way to target someone at the first vote like this, I would probably take it. So if someone does something annoying, you pounce on it with the other players. You don't have a calm and rational discussion with the person who did it. Right. Exactly. No, absolutely. Not, it's not real life. Yeah, no, it's not. And that was and that's just one of those moments for Reem. And then to go into tribal council with with the same type of attitude and kind of blaming the other people for not explaining to her what their expectations were. And if they didn't want her to do this, they should have just told her, no, you just shouldn't have done it. Right. <laughs> like, I mean, it starts with you. It doesn't you can't put that on them because they didn't have that discussion with you. Yeah. And, you know, of course, moving their clothes was not the only thing she did. And you already went over all the preview stuff that we saw coming into it about her mouth, about not sugarcoating, et cetera. She also said, I totally don't strive to fit in. And, you know, between all these things, she pretty well laid everything out there because mm -hmm. Jeff Probst told Josh in an interview, I thought it was really interesting. It was very old school survivor in that. It was really about you don't fit in. Uh, so right there, she said, I don't fit in. Jeff, Jeff is like, oh, you don't fit in. That's the problem. And she, you know, she didn't. This is still Jeff talking. Unfortunately for Reem, she didn't do a good job of trying to remedy anything. From my vantage point, what I heard was you're a little overbearing, but if you just back off, it's fine. To which she would say, hey, I am who I am. Yeah. So mm -hmm. again, there's that thing with I am who I am. Yeah. And so you know it just it just comes back to what i mentioned before if you know you're a potential target you need to do something to avoid it yes i'll and i've mentioned this before one of the pieces of advice that i received before i went out there from someone i work with they told me to put jessica in a box because they know how i am when i'm at work and they know how vocal i am and the type of you know things that i say and the I'm a pretty upfront person and they were like, just, you know, put Jessica in a box a little bit because they didn't want that to be the reason why people would end up focusing on me or targeting me right away. And that's exactly those first few days with what I did, except I had that whole eye infection. So I, you know, yeah, well. but, but you got it. You got to put yourself in a box a little bit. You have to recognize those parts of your personality that are going to set you apart, that are going to make you stand out. And you really have to pull back from it. Even if it's uncomfortable for you to do, if you want to stay in the game, you have to do those things in those first few days because that's when people make their decisions about you. They make their their initial assessments. And that's really when they start deciding, who do I want to play this game with? Who can I not play this game with? And who do we want to vote out first? And they're going to be looking for any reason to do that. And if you are handing them every reason on a platter, then you're going to be in the same spot Reem was in. 
Yeah. Now, you know, after you mentioned that put yourself in a box thing, all that is going through my head right now is that we should start marketing a new toy called Jess in a Box. (laughs) And you turn the crank. And most of the time when you get to the end of the little song, you know, a a version of you (laughs) pops out. But sometimes just a rock pops out. Oh, see, look, I'll have to work on that project next. We have a poster to sell first and then we'll we'll work on the the Jess in a Box. Jess in a Box. If only I had kept her in the box a little bit. Yeah, longer. well. Yeah. <laughs> oh well, you know, I, I it is it is one. It's just it's hard, obviously, because when you right. go out there, you have an idea of what you want the game to be. And I do think that Reem genuinely liked Keith, and she genuinely liked Wendy, and that was very clear. But you also have to appear as if you genuinely like everybody. So Sarah Channon, uh, who is you know a. Um, blogger for RHAP, used to uh, write for Reality News Online as well. We were part of a Twitter discussion about the topic of, you know, Reem trying to get over the hump in terms of, you know, making friends, making allies. And and she said she does think Reem was trying to do that, to, you know, trying to make the right social relationships by working around camp and befriending people trying to teach Keith to swim. And she's probably right that, you know, Reem was attempting it in this way, but then it gets to all the other stuff mm-hmm. that, that we talked about. And, you know, it just, whatever she was trying, it just wasn't enough and it couldn't outweigh her own natural instincts. Yeah, well, maybe she was trying, but she was trying in a way that wasn't going to jive with a group setting like that. You know, even if you're trying, if you think that, oh, I'm going to help everybody by doing this, you have to kind of take a step back and look at, well, what is it? What is it that I'm doing and how are people going to respond to it? And something like that, you know, moving people's clothes and separating yourself from the group, all of those things can be perceived negatively in a game of Survivor instead of, Oh, she's just trying to help because it's a different kind of helping because it's it's odd. You know, it's just it, it's an odd way. I mean, if you want to help the tribe, you, you can cut up the food and dole out the food and or, you know, help build a fire, help make the shelter. You can do these things that are more expected of you when you play this game and things that, you know, go get water for everybody. Like those are the kind of things that people expect you to do when you're playing this game. But moving people's things, making people feel uncomfortable by doing that, that's not expected. And when you start to make people feel uncomfortable with things that you're doing, that's when the decision is probably not the right one. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, you know, it's interesting. Josh had an article that uh, since they can't do interviews this time. No, this is so uh, weird. Yeah. Uh, He had an article that looks at the players impressions of each other prior to the game. And almost everyone who would eventually be on Reem's tribe had great first thoughts about Reem before they were able to talk to one yeah. another. Yeah. Except for your winner pick, Rick, <laughs> who said, if there's an annoying person around camp, it'll be me or it'll be her. And I so, love that he's looking for that. Like, who is the annoying right. person? Yes. Right. And I mean, this may help explain why he was so quick to point the finger or spread the rumor uh, about her. Because it's like, well, I got to make sure I'm not the annoying one. And, you know, of course, obviously she, you know, people were probably laughing at his jokes, you know, so it probably made him feel like he wasn't the annoying one. Mm -hmm. But, you know, better to make sure. And 
Interestingly, one person on the other tribe had a pretty good read on her, and that would be my winner pick, Aurora. Mm, look at that. Yeah. Who said, I think she's going to get in fights with people. I think she doesn't realize how eccentric and vocal she is. She gets so excited by the littlest things. When food comes out, she's all woohoo, which is great, but people are going to be annoyed by it. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Well, yeah, they were. And, you know, at, at Tribal Council, we saw War Dog speak up and tell Reem that he never said anything about hating her. What he did say, which was spelled out even more in Josh's article, was that her personality would be the hardest for him to deal with for 39 days. Mm-hmm. And then Rick joined in and said War Dog wasn't alone in thinking Reem was the most annoying. If he has something on a tree, that's how he's drying it. David has played before, so however he wants to dry his stuff is going to work. Yeah. And he, he added, they like her a lot. It's just Survivor. Yes, and that's that's the that's the part we keep kind of getting back to, is that there are certain things that you have to recognize about this game, and that's one of those things you have to recognize, is that you don't touch other people's stuff, and you don't you just don't do things that are going to make other people feel uncomfortable. Right. With the Lucky Land Slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. So, all right. I think we've uh, pretty well finished with the fifth rule. We'll we'll go back to the fourth rule, which we skipped over. And that one tells players not to let their emotions control them. And obviously, you know, we saw Reem get emotional at tribal council when she realized she was going to be the first one voted out. And I, I, from, from the sounds of Josh's article, we didn't even see the half of it, but Mm -hmm. you know, I I could certainly understand that, you know, you're, you're there, you go all this way and it's clear you're going to be voted out first. And you know, the die was cast by that point. She was dead meat. It didn't matter what she did at that point. So the real question is whether she allowed her emotions to take over earlier than that in a way that negatively affected her game. And I don't think they did. I mean, if we were talking about Wendy, uh, you know, maybe next week, then, mm-hmm. then this rule could very well come up. But I don't think so for Reem. What do you think? I, I think that she was... It's it's hard because like I go back to that scene when she's helping Keith in the water to swim and she's clearly very excited for Keith and maybe she did come across as as excitable. I mean, if we're listening to what Aurora was saying about her and just her responses and her reactions to things, maybe she was a little more over the top and maybe that could be deemed as, you know, she's a little too emotional, if you will. But I don't think that that's really where her downfall was. I do think in Tribal Council, we saw a lot of emotion come out and she certainly wasn't helping herself. If you want to try to save yourself at Tribal Council, that's the wrong way to do it. That is the absolute wrong way to do it is to kind of blow up like that and blame others. So I do think that the Tribal Council is when we saw the the really the the other side of her emotions come out as opposed to what she might have been presenting when she was out on the island. Yeah, but like I said, that it it was done by then. And, you know, I, 
I can't remember if it was in the show or in Josh's article, but apparently David said, well, you know, there are a lot of live tribal council. No, David, they're not. Come on, man. You know, know better than that. You know better. Maybe he was trying to make her feel better, but come on, don't don't spread that story. We all know better. <laughs> Although if she had just voted for Wendy, you know, maybe it would have been a tie and then we could have seen what happened with that. Yeah, then they would have just gone and all voted for her. So it wouldn't have mattered. But know. it would have been but, a little more interesting. Yeah. Yeah. So. All right, we can move on to the sixth rule, which warns players that they cannot be seen as too much of a threat. And I don't really have anything to say here about Reem, do you? Now, the only thing I really thought of was when she mentioned Kelly's name. That becomes oh, a threat yeah. to Kelly Wentworth, and then that can snowball into, well, now you've got a returning player who knows how to play this game, who probably understands the dynamics of it better and how to pull in votes, and you've just pointed out i want that person to go home and you've told people that that's who needs to go home i think that was a potential issue as far as becoming a threat to kelly wentworth and you know and then because we saw kelly's response to that and kelly was like okay and then suddenly everybody was talking about reem going home so i do think that in that regard you know maybe she just became a threat for somebody else because she was dropping kelly's name yeah that's a good point all right, uh, we move on to the seventh rule, and we will move quickly through the seventh rule, I think, because it talks about getting and playing idols and advantages, which did not come up for Reem. Right. It didn't come up for anyone but Ron. I know. Ron was so, so much fun. Yes. So we move into Appendix A, which is about keeping your end goal in mind when voting. And a big part of the rule is that the tribe should, whenever possible, vote out the weak, then the strong, then the weak, then the strong. And, you know, Reem was labeled by the others as a weak link, despite the fact that, as Sarah Channon noted on Twitter, the tribe also had David and Keith, and we didn't see her do anything so terrible in the challenge. Right. Though, of course, David rebutted Reem's attempt to say he was weaker at, at tribal council. Oh, but, but David is the one who got across the beam before anyone. I know. I know. So, but I mean, in general, he's not going to be your, your strongest link in, in many parts. Right. And, you know, she could have, tried talking about that but uh you know what we didn't see was according to josh's article about the pregame reem got seasick on the boat to ponderosa mm. and in our preseason podcast i mentioned that another player who talked about possible seasickness could get tagged as being weak for it and i even picked him as the first boot yeah i'm talking about ron um <laughs> You know, I, I was right about a lot of my statement, just wrong about the person involved. Yeah. But but overall, I think this was a situation where it's not that she was weak in the challenges, but once a group starts to pile on someone, they just keep piling on to make sure the target remains the target. Oh, yeah. Mm hmm. Absolutely. So and then the other thing is, uh, Chris said at Tribal Council, again, per Josh's article. In the beginning, when we say strength, it isn't necessarily played out in the challenge. It's when we're working together as a tribe. When personalities clash, that's not strength. When we're motivated to win and all jiving together. When I say strength, that's how I assess the word. Back at camp, if someone's being a little too much, it rubs different personalities the wrong way. So yeah, that's what Chris said. And yeah, he understands exactly what I talk about here regarding strength and weakness having different meanings. It's not purely weakness in the challenge it is the weakness that affects the tribe overall yeah and the tribe felt that reem was in that category of a weaker player yeah i think that's a perfect assessment of the dynamics of the tribe and how it's not just about physical strength but 
that group unity. That's where a lot of the strength comes from. If you're working together, then your chances of winning are going to be that much better when you actually are in that immunity challenge because you are jiving. Everybody's getting along. Yeah, I agree. So um, before I wrap up, do you have any final thoughts about Reem? Oh, Reem. <laughs> I did have my concerns about Reem when we did our initial assessment of the cast, if you will. She knew coming into this game what her issues were going to be. She was very worried about her mouth. And she did say, and you've already talked about it, that she doesn't strive to fit in. She doesn't judge people. But her biggest challenge really is her mouth. She is who she is. And she was hoping that she would come out of this game more patient and more sensitive, but she didn't know if she would. And I do think that that type of personality, we saw very clear who Reem was and the type of person she was. And she certainly didn't keep Reem in a box. She was very vocal about who she was and how she was going to play the game and also who she didn't want to play the game with. And she was one of the first ones to drop a name. And we saw the domino effect that that had for Reem. Suddenly, someone who she thought was working with her or that she had a great relationship with turned on her immediately and threw her under the bus. So I think she's a great example of all of the things that you have to be very mindful of when you come into this game and start playing it. You need to be very self-aware. You need to understand how your personality is going to work with others or work against others or even mesh with a group. And there are certain parts of yourself you might have to tuck away. And you also need to be aware of what you say and how you say it. And if you are saying things that are going to potentially come back to bite you, you could see yourself in the same situation that Reem was in. So unfortunately for Reem, though, I do think she probably would have been fun to watch. And we will get to see more of Reem because she's not off the show. She's just on an island by herself. It'll be interesting to see how she works through that. And it will be very interesting to see how she interacts with the next person that shows up on Extinction Island. So I'm looking forward to how that's all going to work out and and who is going to be the next one there and how that person and Reem will interact with each other. Because when I think you're on Extinction Island, you're really, you're on your own. So maybe she will be moving people's clothes, but just into the water, you know, who knows? <laughs> instead of trying to make it dry, she's going to make it wet. I don't know, but it'll be, it'll be fun to watch. Too bad for Reem. I know that she had, she had great desires to win this game for her children, which I can respect wholeheartedly. And it's just, it's too bad that she was voted out first, but then again, we don't know if she's coming back. So we'll just have to wait and see. Yep. All right. So some people have said that it was unfair or arbitrary to target Reem. Uh, you know, she couldn't control that she was the so-called older woman. And Sarah Carradine asked me on Twitter what the middle-aged woman can do to protect herself from being the first one out. My answer was, as a start, do everything the opposite of what Reem said in her Getting to Know You video. Uh, she doesn't sugarcoat things. She'll tell someone if they did something stupid. She doesn't strive to fit in. She feels her biggest challenge could be not shutting her mouth. None of these have anything to do with being an older woman. On top of that, Reem separated herself from the majority. She may not have thought she was doing so, but she also didn't think she was being annoying or doing anything else wrong. Per Josh's article, Reem said she knew that the first couple tribal councils are about getting out who you feel isn't cohesive or jiving or who is simply annoying. She was just surprised it was her 
Mm-hmm. Indeed, Jeff Probst told Entertainment Weekly that Reem just didn't seem to fully grasp how she was being perceived by the others. I, I certainly understand Reem being upset. I said that earlier. Uh, but when it comes to the first survivor vote, yes, it can be because of something that seems stupid to you, like moving someone's clothes. Reem came in worried that her big mouth would get her in trouble. And it did. I mentioned earlier that according to Mike DeGeorge's review, 15 of the 37 previous boots schemed too much, 11 were sick or weak, and 9 were too bossy, weird, or annoying. Seems pretty clear that while Reem wasn't a great schemer and did bring up Kelly's name in a way that she shouldn't have, scheming too much was not the primary cause of her downfall. And while she did get seasick and was also put into the category of a weak player, that wasn't the main reason either. Reem fell clearly into the smaller group who were too bossy or annoying. She didn't realize it at the time, and she did do some other things wrong, but the very behavior she talked about before the game began came back to haunt her, and that is why Reem lost. Excellent. All right. So now it's time for predictions. I hate this. Yeah, I know. So the preview at the end of the first episode suggests people are going to start targeting the returning players. Uh, specifically all of them except David get named. Uh, and, and David says, I'm happy to go after Kelly. Uh, the second preview once again mentions that the returnees have a target on their backs and we see Eric and Victoria suggesting they might go after them while Aubrey says she's trying to fit in and we see her uh, doing a dance number that resembles twerking with Ron. Right? <laughs> yeah. What so, is going on? Uh, we'll just have to find out. I don't know. Um. But uh, besides that part, uh, besides the dancing part, I get the feeling that they're trying to tell us something as they keep mentioning the returning players. I'm just not sure if I believe them. And so I was going to say if I, you know, this is what happens if Kama goes to tribal council, but I'm not even going to waste brain power on that because it probably won't happen while Joey Amazing continues to be Joey Amazing. Mm. So when Manu goes to tribal council again, Wendy is clearly in trouble. And Survivor, I think just this morning, released the second of a couple preview videos. And this was the one of the challenge. And Keith is taking forever to swim on this challenge. So it is possible that now that he's more than just a theoretical drag, but, you know, could be an actual drag on this challenge, that that will come out as well. But... Who knows? Maybe now that Reem is gone, Kelly will be targeted. I, I, but I, I just think that that David quote we saw about him being willing to blindside her is probably a smaller cut of a larger confessional where his next word is, but mm-hmm. uh, so, so I'm going to go with the obvious. Uh, and uh, even, even though Keith might be a drag on their challenge, at least he voted the right way last time. Yes. He came over to them with information. So to me, the obvious is unfortunately Wendy, who will follow her new friend Reem to Extinction Island. I've got to agree with that assessment. I really do. And, and because I, as interesting and as fun as it would be to see them target Joe or Aubrey, just because it would it would be fun to watch. And I do think that Ron has that incredible menu where he could probably <laughs> utilize that to his benefit. That would be so much fun to watch because I personally think 
someone like Ron and just his pre-game discussions, he would want to target Joey Amazing, even though they really need him. I think in this world that we live in now with Survivor, with that big move-itis, that Ron would, would see that as being the aggressive big move and that he would be the one that took Joey out and Gavin wants to do the same thing. So that would be incredible. If that, Not because I want to see Joe not in the game, but it'd also be fun to see him on Extinction Island um, because obviously we know he's Joey Amazing and he can create fire from the wind. I don't even know. I mean, it's just <laughs> like, he just, he, he could, it, it, I don't see a dragon. I'm not sure. But I do agree that Wendy is in a, she's in a very, very bad situation. And I think it's because she seems to be also struggling with the reading the room component of it too, where she's being, when they came to her, when David and War Dog came to her to talk about Reem, she was very adamant that, of what she was going to do and that I will, I'm not voting with you. And so she's, she's kind of already drawn that line for herself where she told them point blank, I'm not going to vote that way. And what ended up happening is then war dogs like, well, I want to vote for Wendy then. And so I I do think that, that she is also someone who's going to struggle with that part of herself. We talked about that pregame with her too, that her personality is very big. And, you know, as she says, she's big Wendy. And I think that she's also, not being mindful of kind of tucking that away. And if someone comes to you and says, we're going to vote this way, you should probably say, well, all right, let me think about you're, that. Or you're yeah, doing the whole, you know? you're doing the whole why Wendy lost too soon. <laughs> I know. I'm sorry. <laughs> so I do, I do feel for Wendy. I think that she's going to find herself in a very, very tough spot. And I agree that David at this point, although voting out Kelly. Yeah, of course that would be, that'd be great because she's a, obviously a big threat to David. But he also needs her because yeah. if she goes, he, he, there goes the, you know, he's the only other returning player. Right. So he you, doesn't have the uh, returning meat shield. Exactly. So he definitely needs her. So I don't think Kelly's going anywhere. I do think I agree with you. It's going to be Wendy. Yeah. All right. So we both make the same prediction. So we will rise or fall together. I know. <laughs> <laughs> Well, this will be this will be interesting. Yeah. So uh, as we uh, wrap things up here, I want to remind everyone to follow us both on Twitter, where Jessica is at Jessica Lewis 89 and I am at David Bloomberg. Uh, Always make sure to follow both of us and uh, maybe you'll see another Twitter press conference or you can see the tweets, the the happy birthday tweets that I sent earlier today. And so we're very sweet. Thank you. You're welcome. It's a nice way to start my day. Well, good. Um. Uh, everyone should also be sure to check out the RJP patron program by heading over to robhasawebsite.com slash patron, and you can help support all of the RJP podcasts and, you know, take a look at the various Patreon levels to find out what kind of perks you can get, like special co- podcasts, videos, buffs, spells. Uh, my favorite perk is the patron Facebook group where, you know, you can say hello to us. Uh, so remember, that's robhasawebsite.com slash patron. And uh, now it is time for a hashtag, and I'm pretty sure I know the best possible hashtag. Ooh, ooh, what is it? Jess in a box. <laughs> well, or it could just be Reem in a box. <laughs> well, it could, but, you know. All right, Jess in a box, I like that. Yeah, people can use both if they want. But, uh, <laughs> you know, it's, think of it as an advanced promotion for the upcoming toy line. Yes, and we have to work on this poster thing too. So I yes. promise everyone out there, we're we're still that's still we're working on it. We're working yes. on it. Yes. All right. Uh, everyone should make sure you're getting all the Survivor commentary you can handle by subscribing to all of the RHAP Survivor podcasts at robhasapodcast.com dot com slash Survivor. 
or just on your favorite podcatcher. We are also on the Reality TV Rehap Ups feed. In both places, you can find the Know-It-Alls, the Wiggle Room, the RHAP B&B, the Recap Show, uh, you name it. Uh, So, with that, thanks to Scott St. Pierre, who does all the editing on the Why Blank Loss podcast. Thanks, as always, to Will from America for the theme song. And a special thank you, Jessica, for podcasting on your 40th birthday and giving us a great start to the season. Well, and a special thanks for you for starting off the podcast with a birthday song to me. So thank you for that. And thank you for telling everybody and reminded them how old I'm becoming. So well, yeah. Thanks. <laughs> but yes, thanks everyone you, for listening. I do appreciate yeah. it greatly. You're still not the old woman, you know, uh, even in survivor terms. That's good because I'd love to have a chance to go back out there and I don't want to be put in that box. You know? Yes. <laughs> But yes, thanks for listening. This is great. It's a it's also a fun way to spend my birthday because I do enjoy doing this immensely and I enjoy you, David Bloomberg. So thank you for that. All right. So with that, we will see everyone next week. Bye. Bye-bye. Lost survivor and you're feeling down. David and Jessica will turn it around. They'll break down the rules and they'll show you how. You played yourself and got voted out. This is why Blank lost. And this is why Blank lost. Baby, this is why Blank lost. Three, two, one. Hello, it is Ryan, and we could all use an extra bright spot in our day, couldn't we? Just to make up for things like sitting in traffic, doing the dishes, counting your steps, you know, all the mundane stuff. That is why I'm such a big fan of Chumba Casino. Chumba Casino has all your favorite social casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere with daily bonuses. That should brighten your day a little. Actually, a lot. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com. That's ChumbaCasino.com. No purchase necessary. VTW. Void. we prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Hello, it is Ryan, and I was on a flight the other day playing one of my favorite social spin slot games on ChumbaCasino.com. I looked over at the person sitting next to me, and you know what they were doing? They were also playing Chumba Casino. Coincidence? I think not. Everybody's loving having fun with it. Chumba Casino is home to hundreds of casino-style games that you can play for free anytime, anywhere, even at 30,000 feet. So sign up now at ChumbaCasino.com to claim your free welcome bonus. That's ChumbaCasino.com and live the Chumba life. No purchase necessary. BTW. Void. We're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus.